In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, Word of God, reveal more of yourself to us through your presence in the Bible. Led by the Holy Spirit, guide our time of reflection. May it increase our desire for you in the Scripture and in the sacrament. Amen. This weekend's celebration, the Baptism of the Lord, is one of those that has a number of different readings that can be chosen at the preacher's discretion. For this setup, we'll stick with the three readings that may be used for year C and therefore may be used at whichever Mass you attend this weekend. The first reading is a familiar one to us. We heard it back on the second Sunday of Advent in year B. It's our old pal, Isaiah the Rapper, whom we've said before is sort of like a rapper who put out three different albums over the course of his career. Each of these albums has a different overall flavor and setting. Our passage from chapter 40 is the very beginning of the second album, and it's addressed to those in exile in Babylon. He's speaking to the Israelites and telling them that the Lord will bring them back. God's going to fill in the valleys and level the mountains and hills to make this passage as easy as possible. Now, the people of Israel believed that the exile into Babylon was a direct result of their sinfulness. Yet in the passage, Isaiah says that Jerusalem has received from the hand of the Lord double for all her sins. It's like he's saying, look, okay, you had time to suffer the consequences of a timeout for what you did wrong, but actually the length of the timeout was double what you should have served. So now the Israelites can expect to return back from the timeout. And like a shepherd who gathers his lambs in his arms, God is going to gather all those people who were dispersed in exile and bring them back to provide for them. The second reading at Mass this weekend may be taken from the 10th chapter of the Acts of the Apostles, but it could also be taken from Paul's letter to Titus, and that's the passage we'll concentrate on. Titus was living on the Mediterranean island of Crete and seems to have been the person in charge of growing the church there. In this short three-chapter letter, Paul tries to explain to Titus the type of people he should appoint to positions of leadership as episcopoi and presbyteroi, words we translate and know today as bishops and priests. All of this is why, in our passage, Paul speaks of how God has trained us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live temperately, justly, and devoutly in this age. Yet later in this passage, Paul is going to speak of that moment when the kindness and generous love of God our Savior appeared. This word for generous love in Greek is philanthropia, and it's where we get the word philanthropy in English. It's a combination of two words, phila, which means to love, like how Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love, and anthropos, which means human beings, like how anthropology is the study of humanity. But furthermore, this virtue of philanthropia was seen by the Greek Stoics as a very important virtue, since it encouraged them to live in friendly relationship with one another. Sort of like the I love you, you love me, we're a happy family of Barney the dinosaur, the Greek Stoics saw philanthropy, together with the goodness that Paul also mentions here, as a common pair of prized virtues. And since Paul is writing to a Greek audience on this island of Crete, he wants to take what they already aspire to in their culture and use it for good. Our gospel is Luke's account of Jesus' baptism. And since we're in year C, it's the only one of our three readings at Mass this weekend that is not one of many options. The excerpt begins with some words of John the Baptist about the one mightier than I who is coming. We looked at his words a few episodes ago during the season of Advent. But in addition, now we have Jesus' actual baptism as recounted by Luke. But it's fascinating how he presents it, because if you listen closely, you'll see that the moment of Jesus' baptism is mentioned practically in passing. After all the people had been baptized, and Jesus also had been baptized, Luke doesn't tell us where this takes place, or even explicitly says that John the Baptist was the one who did this, although we can guess at it based upon the verses that precede the story. 
Why would Luke have presented Jesus' baptism in this way? Well, the fact that Jesus was baptized by John was a bit of an embarrassing fact to admit for early Christians. After all, if Jesus was without sin, why did he have to go through a ritual to wash away one's sins? So it could be that Luke didn't want to dwell too much on Jesus' being baptized by John. But it could also be that Luke mentions Jesus was baptized this way, after all the people also had been baptized, to show how Jesus is the paradigm for all Christians, including the fact that he allowed himself to be baptized. In all of this, we see that Luke presents the famous events of Jesus' baptism, the heavens opening, the Holy Spirit descending, and the voice from heaven speaking, as not necessarily occurring during Jesus' baptism, but at an indefinite point afterwards, while Jesus was praying. And speaking of the voice from heaven, there's a big debate here about just what the voice said. The words spoken by the voice are a quotation of Psalm 2, You are my beloved Son. Yet while our translation at Mass continues with the next line, With you I am well pleased, the next line in the original psalm is actually, Today I have begotten you. Some early manuscripts have this as what the voice said to Jesus, and scholars debate if this is an older or more original phrase. On one side of the debate, it's possible that scribes who were copying Luke's gospel just simply wrote in what they knew to be the next line of the psalm without paying close attention to how it differed. That is, they just wrote, Today I have begotten you, without seeing that what came next was actually, With you I am well pleased. But others say that since Today I have begotten you was more difficult to explain, and in time would lead some to believe that Jesus was adopted as God's Son at the moment of his baptism, some scribes decided to change the phrase from Today I have begotten you to With you I am well pleased. And as you hear me say so often, we just don't know for sure. So that's it. That's your Sunday setup for this feast of the baptism of the Lord with the readings for year C. May this knowledge of the story behind the scripture allow you to encounter Jesus Christ in a new way this weekend. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.